Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast. A podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each WrestleMania one at a time. there are you wrestling maniacs all you nostalgia holics and all you hardcore members of the iwc and all you casual fans who like your pro wrestling on the tv thank you for downloading the wrestlemaniacs podcast my name is alex ketchum and as always i am joined by the man with the plan bob wick bob how are you alive is quarantine baby <laughs> alive and well <laughs> sitting with a virtual nwo background today i like it yeah <laughs> And the captain of keeping it real with longer hair, Jake Russell. Jake, how you doing? I'm good, man. What up, though, everybody? Um, you know, chilling, learning how to cook and shit. That's all. That's what I'm doing. What'd you learn how to cook? Uh, learned how to cook some. Learned how to cook Thai food, like just some Thai food dishes. That's so dope. some cow cow pad, and I'm thinking I'm gonna fuck with some uh, pad Thai. And uh, yeah, also um, cooking some real good turkey spaghetti, turkey uh, All right. Man, turkey spaghetti good. slapping, and uh, what else? My turkey spaghetti and my turkey burgers are slapping right now. So yeah, that's what that's why I'm good at. So yeah, <laughs> that was really more to come. Craft mac and cheese, ramen noodle. Like. <laughs> I, I really was waiting for that, but I can make a full Lucky Charms. You wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> I have been mixing cereals recently. It's been pretty, pretty fantastic for me. It's been working out well in my mornings. And guys, once again, we are joined by the lovely and talented Tess Hannah. Tess, how are you doing? And welcome back to the show. Hi. It's not cute, but I am calling it Quarantina. <laughs> wow! No. The quarantina. Yeah. All right. Um, Jake, we got a bonus episode this week, and it's going to be focusing on a WCW match. Now, there are many, 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 many WCW matches that were excellent. This one may not live up to that. How is it oh, no. unique? And it is focusing on Dennis Rodman of the NWO teaming up with Hulk Hogan and taking on Diamond Dallas Page with his partner, Carl Malone. Now, Jake, can you give us some background as to why we chose this match this week? Oh, yeah. The reason I chose this match this week because it is topical. You know what I'm saying? Uh Right now, to you know, uh, on Sunday, this Sunday uh, will be the uh, premiere of the last two episodes of the the Last Dance. ESPN's The Last Dance is the uh, Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls documentary. The uh, documentary is chronicling, um, you know, Michael Jordan's career as well as some other key players of the Chicago Bulls' career. And the arc of the documentary is the last season of the. Um, well, the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the 1997-98 season of uh, NBA, the Chicago Bulls, when they are uh, on their way to winning their sixth championship. And, yeah, and the reason I chose this match is, you know, because, you know, all, all of you basketball fans out there know that um, the Bulls faced the Utah Jazz for the second year in a row 
in the NBA Finals for the um, um, in the yeah for the NBA Finals in the ninety seven ninety eight season, and um, and and what two and what uh, key players and with the fuck I don't know I don't know stuff <laughs> shit I'm fucking up but anyway uh, you know what oh yeah Carl uh, Malone of the Utah Jazz was Carl Malone of course was on the Utah Jazz and Dennis Rodman was on the Chicago Bulls so um and later on um after the Bulls beat the Jazz again you know they uh Carl Malone and uh Dennis Rodman will meet will face each other again but not on the hardwood They'll face they'll face each other in the square circle in the WCW in a tag team match with uh, DDP and fucking um, Paul Hogan. I don't know. I fucked that up. No, you said it was good. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but yeah. I didn't realize that the yeah. last episodes were actually coming out like the week before this drop, like the weekend before this dropped. So that's going to be perfect timing because this occurred at the roughly. Month, like a couple months after that season ended. Um, yeah. Now, Tess, I know you mentioned that you were not a big WCW fan growing up. So a little background, that was like this match and the appearances leading up to this match were not Dennis Rodman's uh, first soiree with WCW. Um, he actually appeared way back when, when he was still on the Spurs. And then earlier uh, in 97, he came on and officially joined the NWO, which was a perfect time because the NWO was still relatively new. It hadn't like expanded to have like 47 members in three different <laughs> um, they, it, they were the Wu-Tang of the WCW. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Like not every third WCW guy had an NWO shirt. It was uh, <laughs> four or five guys. And then Dennis Rodman, basically known as, he was one of the most famous celebrity bad boys at the time. It was a perfect addition, and it fit right in because he was he was always on topic, and he was considered very cool. And joining him with the NWO was like perfect timing. I think he even had like an NWO in his hair at one point in time when he was like accompanying Hulk Hogan to the ring. Um, he helped out Randy Savage uh, with like tossing the can of spray paint to where he knocked out the Piper and they spray painted him with it. Um, so he had had a long association with the NWO. Uh, well, he's all about irreverence, right? Like that's Dennis Rodman's whole thing is that he's irreverent and he lives by his own rules and he's a, he's a rebel. So I guess it would go right along with that. Plus, I bet they paid him a lot. Uh, mm, yeah. Yeah, ton a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember when, um, like when Dennis, like, uh, there was like a segment uh, where Dennis Rodman, he was on Nitro, and they were actually in um, um, Auburn. There was at the there was at the Palace in Auburn Hills, and um, you know everybody was like booing him, and it was like Rodman was talking to the audience like, "Come on, wait, 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 what's this about? Come on, I, I gave y'all two championships. Why y'all booing me? Why y'all booing?" Me? <laughs> so it was pretty, I, I thought that was hilarious when that, uh, that happened. Like uh, I think a lot of the fans who booing him didn't even realize that. <laughs> that. That he was a Detroit Pistons. Most people remember him from the Bulls. They remember him as a the as a the true bad boy. bad boy with the Pistons. Yeah. The bad boy origins with the Pistons. Detroit Pistons. I don't know. Okay. I'm a fan out with that a little bit during this episode because cool. I'm I mean I'm, I'm 
pissed off. But yeah, I think about all the celebrities that we've seen at WrestleManias, at other matches, and it's usually a shit show. You know, you're, we're talking Mr. Oh, yeah. T. We're, yeah, honestly, I I kind of enjoyed. I'm not going to say the wrestling, but I like the Dennis Rodman as the Dennis Rodman character. And I also will give him a lot of props because usually when you see uh, um, an athlete or a celebrity in a, in a wrestling ring, they don't take bumps. They don't do anything interesting. They're usually so protected that they, they're not allowed to do anything that's interesting. Um, and we'll get more into that. But I, when we talk about the match, but I think Rodman did a great job of, you know, taking a bump, you know, being a heel and playing that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, for someone who's never been in a wrestling ring, I think he's done. I think he, his ring psychology is better than some of the people I see in the ring as their job, you know, like who going, you know, Oh, it's, it's so, I mean, I, I, I assume for that. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree. Like it's, he, I mean, he he does. He, his whole image was like doing doing what he wanted to do, and like you know, fuck the rules of the NBA or anybody else. Uh, so the association, like the outside group, the NWO, was perfect. But at the same time, he got it. He got how to be hated, you know. And he gave. And like, if there was ever somebody who who could have coined the term zero fucks given," like it was Dennis Rodman. Um, and he, oh. he, he right. This yeah, guy. he he had the heel thing down. Yeah, yeah, he didn't care. He wore he wore a he wore a wedding dress and a green wig. And like, yeah, 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 fuck y'all. Say, I, I I wish y'all would say something. <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Dennis Robin, man. You know what I'm saying? You an inspiration. You look kind of weird now, but you still an inspiration. Um, I have to say before. Uh, there's a lot more to say about, of course, Dennis Rahman here. I have to say I had a major history lesson, though, right when the match started. Because this was my first WCW viewing, I had no idea that Too Sweet was old school. I thought oh, really? the Bullet Club of New Japan, I thought they made that up. But Kale, who is my wrestling Wikipedia and knows so much, thank you, Kale Kiho, for teaching me, um, he told me it was Scott Hall and Kevin Nash started the too sweet thing. And then NWO started doing it. And that was part of the bullet clubs thing was like stealing stuff from old, old school wrestling to make themselves even more heels, I guess. And so probably Finn Balor like started doing it or something. But when they were doing this too sweet, I was like, wait, 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 what? So yep. I had a major history lesson. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like kept, uh, like uh, Hall and Nash, like the whole style and like I guess swag, like that was all like of NWO. That's all Hall and Nash. That was all them. I had Everybody. no idea. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 the two, crazy. the Wolf Pack and the, mm-hmm. the Wolf Pack sign and everything. Um, I think that still is done now at NC State. Like they still do the like that, like the Wolf, because they're the Wolf Pack. Like that's their college. oh okay, um, but yeah, all that was started by by Nash and Hall, and it just it's you know it, like you said it still lives on today. It was in the NWO, in my opinion, had one hundred percent credit for like the wrestling boom that happened in the late nineties. Like mm-hmm. then all the props to Austin and The Rock and every, everything that happened in WWF that like took things and kept things extended out 
for like a multiple years of like big money, but everybody's eyes went to wrestling when Hulk Hogan turned heel and and Scott oh, yeah. and Kevin Nash were doing all these things of just acting like acting like they didn't care about anything that was happening and would carry baseball bats around and interrupt matches and just do whatever they wanted to. It was something that yeah. never seen before. Oh, the first three months of them showing up to WCW and not even doing a match was huge. Because just seeing a just seeing a, a, a WW at the time a WWF guy or guys in in the audience was huge. And the fact that they put the camera on them, oh man, what what are they doing over there at WCW? What is yeah. this? You know, yeah, our was, friends from New York. What are they? What are they doing there, man? This is crazy. When I was, I remember when I, I was watching Nitro when Scott Hall came out there in like street clothes and interrupted that match. And yeah. he's like, "You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here." And I was like, "Holy shit! They're finally gonna do it. They're gonna do like a Survivor Series style match of WWF versus WCW." Because like I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that was the rumor. That was it. Yeah, it's it, gonna be the crossover. It, yeah, it was a kid that was like what you always wanted to see. It was like Freddy versus Jason. Like Jason. I wanted to see Hulk Hogan and like and Macho Man, like Ultimate Warrior and them versus like you know Ric Flair and Sting and like the Steiner brothers or whoever, and just like see who's better. You know, I thought that would have been like the coolest thing ever. Uh, so that's what you thought was going to happen, and then it turned out you know it wasn't it. But when Hogan turned heel, I think things got real. You know, people started rushing the ring and throwing batteries at people and. It was, it, it was it was crazy. Like me and Gene Oakland, I'll never forget. And he's talk, trying to interview Hulk Hogan, and the things are just flying at him. And like somebody hits Scott Hall, I think, with like a coke, and it just it explodes. And me and Gene like ducks down. And he's like, Jesus Christ! He's like, We're getting yeah. out of here. <laughs> um, but like, uh, but just like the just, but this that's just that, that right there. Just like end up like NWO, like just. It just terrorizes shit and like not even wrestling, just terrorizing shit and just causing just their whole aura just being like badass and shit like that. Like that's what like and like I said, a lot of that shit came from like Paul and Nash. And Nash even said, um, I was watching like some in uh I was watching like an interview, I forgot what it was from, but he was said that um a lot of that stuff he drew from like um Kind of like the um, the the hip hop culture at the time, because like he kind of drew that from like Death Row, you know what I'm saying? Like how Death Row used to roll deep and Suge, and then you know Tupac, Tupac and Snoop with bandanas and shit, and like Death Row change and shit like that, like diamonds and shit. Like like he he drew a lot of inspiration from that, so it was just, that was interesting to like hear him say that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I've heard I've heard him say that in a couple of interviews too. Yeah, he definitely. Took a lot of that from like the like the hip hop culture at the time. Like he he knew that that was like, extremely popular and very cool, and he he took as much as he could and tried to make him like associate himself with that. Um, like Scott House did the same thing. Is that like he had the because he had the band, he'd wear the bandana kind of like Pac would, and like Hogan said, to mm -hmm. him, "You got it around backwards or something, brother." And he was like, "He's like, no, motherfucker, this is how Pac does it." <laughs> you know, <laughs> man. We should get started talking about the match. So I want to talk Sorry, about yeah, how cool Hogan is. Yeah, yeah, we can. Sorry. Again. Um, no, no, no. It, it's all good, but, man. But, but I really want to talk about cor corny as Hogan, man, because I forgot how corny he could be. I uh, have so much to say about his look. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I is, uh, all I know is, at one point when I'm watching the match, 
I'm like, I'm like, like he's not the he definitely wasn't the best wrestler in the ring, but he he looked more like a wrestler than everybody in the fucking ring. Carl Malone looked pretty fucking good, man. Like he looked like a fucking yeah. wrestler. Carl wrestling fan. Well, he is six foot nine, so he is huge. And yeah. obviously a professional athlete, you know, 18 seasons in the NBA. I Googled him. Um, but he had some wonderful polish. He had some wonderful selling. I was like impressed because I think like Bob, you said, like when we get a celeb in there, they're protected. They don't take bumps when they're not going to try to sell. But when I was watching Crom alone, I was like, Oh, look at him selling. Like he totally like bounced around and I was like, Oh, look at him go. That's good. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. He he looked pretty good, man. Like he, Carmelo, he ain't got no, he ain't got no rings, but he, he probably could have got a chip if he went to, um, if he started wrestling, man. Like for real, like he was, man. He look, he looked good, man. Like look, like like, and like watching the NBA, I'm looking at him compared, looking at all the other guys, like big swole ass motherfucker, like he's just big as fuck for no reason. You know what I'm saying? And like just watching him in basketball, and then I see him in wrestling. It's like. Like I'm like Hogan is like slightly more swole swole than him. You know what I'm saying? Like slightly. It's like damn. Like like he look, like he look good. Look like a wrestler. Yeah. And then you got Rodman. He just wearing a t-shirt and jeans. Look like he just came from a fucking bar. And shit. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. First of all, I get that you gotta wear your face on your shirt. Beautiful. That's great. Cute. Could you put a less flattering photo of yourself on the shirt? He looked like garbage on his own shirt i was like stop you look horrible part two jeans belt as if he showed up they were like here's your outfit he was like no i'm not wearing that i'll wear those dumb shoes though i hated it <laughs> those boots yeah. were a gift from hope yeah <laughs> i was mad no. Uh, I, I yeah. do want a reprint of his shirt that just says that. <laughs> Rodzilla. Uh, I won't wear that shit, but I'll, I'll wear those dumb shoes, though. <laughs> 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 then I'd and wear I'm, the shirt. The shirt now is bull. <laughs> well, while I'm talking trash about um, Rodman's look, let me just say that the second Hulk Hogan walked out, I was like, I cannot look at your skin, sir. What is going on with that tan? <laughs> It is darker than I have ever seen him. And that's when Kale told me um, Arn Anderson's famous quote, fat looks better tan. And um, it's Have you just, ever seen a raw turkey and then cook the turkey? Doesn't the turkey look better when you cook it? That's, that's all fat. <laughs> you that knows he's a turkey expert. <laughs> that metaphor does not work for me, but I, black clothing makes your skin look more pale. You see all of my white, very bright white skin with this black shirt. It did nothing for Hogan. He had so, he is so tan. He is cooked. He is a turkey that has been cooked on Venus for five years. It's, <laughs> it's upsetting. And, and then they, they throw a bunch of water on him just to make it oh. look. <laughs> At one point I wrote, he like was about to pin someone, I think DDP. And I said, oh, those lats. So dark, so wet. <laughs> this whole area. So dark Ugh. and shiny. Yuck. Yeah, I, man. I have no words. 
I think you might have ruined Hulk Hogan for me, Tess. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, he ruined Hulk. him for Yeah, he ruined himself he ruined, for me. He ruined Hogan him. been ruined for me, man. Hogan been ruined for me, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? NWO, Hollywood Hogan was still okay in my head, but I hope, the old school Hulkster, I did not in the 80s and 90s. I didn't really like him. Mm-hmm. He was tan then, but it was nothing compared to this deep radioactive glaze. It, yeah. it this was nuts. This was nuts. Uh, when you're hanging out with your barber, that tends to happen. <laughs> yeah, like, he looked like... Brutus looked like horrible. Brutus looked like... That was Brutus the barber beat pick outside Hulk, the ring. Hogan, yeah. Hogan, Hogan, was looking like, Hogan was looking like orange chicken from, like, Panda Express and shit. That was just kind of fucking looking like just this, this greasy and kind of <laughs> yeah. like, kind of like you want to... Dip them in some sweet and sour sauce, yeah, but yeah. not really. <laughs> and meanwhile, DDP. What about DDP, Tess? What's your opinion on him besides he looks like the Tiger King? Well, <laughs> damn. There is a little Joe Exotic flair, but um, I found out that Diamond Dallas Page and I share a birthday also with Charlotte Flair. So um, I instantly like him more. He. Okay. I felt like he was actually bringing a lot of the frenetic energy to the ring, whereas sometimes I felt like Hogan was phoning it in a little, which is that part of his heel act with Rodman. You combine them, they're irreverent, they don't care. Whereas DDP was like bringing some of his pizzazz and energy. And he had a little more, he just had a little more polish. And I felt like his heart was a little more in it. Um, But, you know, maybe that's like the heel face thing. So maybe I'm just supposed to like, you know, see DDP and Carmelo and be like, oh, the baby faces, they're going to, you know, they're doing great. But I really did feel like he had more heart in it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. No, I, I would agree with you. I, I, I do. I, I almost, I completely agree with you. Uh, but <laughs> there was time when Hogan tried to end, uh, add the energy from the outside of the ring and it was sad. Like you can it tell was. this guy was hip in the 80s and we're almost like into 2000 now, and he's doing stuff like the Bluth chicken dance. And like, bruh, like what? It, like, how are you gonna do that to Carl Malone? Like, really, that dude? <laughs> how, why would that be an insult or something that revs someone up? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, that, I, mm, there were some moments there where Hogan was doing things that was just that were just so bad. It was. Uh, like and it, it 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 literally just took me out of the moment. I was just like, really, really, Hulk? You, you still don't get it? Like you're 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 you you just you don't get it. You don't get He's it. Just got an update, man. He just needed an update. He was hanging around cool people. Just take notes. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Do y'all know how old Hulk Hogan is during this match? I would say like late yeah. late forties, fifty three. He was forty five. Oh my god! And I felt like he was looking rougher than significantly older. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll stop with the trash talk about people's appearances. I'm ready to talk about the moves. No, you can talk about uh, you keep you can keep talking about it all through as we talk about movies. It's hilarious. I just want to say um, before we get to the match, I also want to say I love DDP, but I kind of lost respect for him throughout the years after I found when I, when I heard that. He tried to sue Jay Z over the uh the diamond the diamond um thing because mm-hmm. uh, DDP does this yeah. but like Jay Z he does this the rock uh the Rockefeller thing and then like he tried to uh 
he tried to sue him like like back in like uh two I want to say 2005 or 2006 or whatever. Yeah, the early 2000s. Over there. So yeah. like I got a lot of do that stuff like Rick Flair threatened to sue uh WWE for uh what's her name calling herself the man. You know, like I get it, but it's you know, are you really making money off of that catchphrase? I mean, right. I kind of understand uh, DDP a little bit more because that's the kind of shit that's on all his T-shirts and stuff like that. But I don't think there's a lot of a big crossover between Jay Z and DDP fans, really. During a time when people were just trying to copyright everything, like somebody, like I had heard okay. that Paris Hilton had copyrighted the phrase "That's hot." And like Donald Trump had copyrighted, you're fired. So if anybody said those things, you had to pay them a nickel or some shit. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. Ridiculous. But I don't wow. know who that actually was, but that was like the rumors going around. And then at the same time, DDP, like, like the diamond symbol comes up in like the media. Um, but yeah, I do remember that. I remember him trying to sue Jay-Z, which was weird. But now the things we do with DDP yoga and all that are pretty cool. But. Yeah, I like that. I like that he has this like motivational interviewing um, kind of thing. He just released his most recent book, like the beginning of last year, like something about positivity. And I, I feel like that's cute for like a old school wrestler trying to just still have, I don't know, impact. Kale told me that he was kind of, um he kind of had a sleazy background, that he maybe was like a strip yeah. club owner that like hung out with wrestlers anyway and was kind of... um like a built working out guy and the wrestlers were like, you should wrestle. So he kind of got into it later. Yeah. I didn't know. This. Well, he started that's exactly, like, yeah, that's exactly it, how he looks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly <laughs> how the fuck he well, his first character was sleazy. <laughs> like the, 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 like the Vegas, you know, type look Yeah, like with the cigar and stuff like that. He, he looked like the Godfather, you know, basically he had the same swag. Uh, yeah. Like if you ever watched that, the resurrection of uh jake the snake he he's doing some really great work so mm. I, I believe in redemption so i mean if you sure. making positive choices man yep. I, I support it but yeah, yeah like a lot of a lot of the wrestlers <laughs> got their starts uh, from that clubs and stuff like that like working as balance yeah. things or went back you know <laughs> yeah and mm -hmm. but yeah but ddp it definitely looks like that he looks like every time he comes down to the ring he looks like he just got finished doing his drug dealer enforcement job or some shit like mm -hmm. like picking up money for a dealer or some shit yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying or, like or like collecting books for like a, a street a street dude or some shit like that's what he looks exactly like you look like you just got done doing some like some shady shit yeah but, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but he had the hottest move in the business i mean you can you can go head to head with the stone cold stunner at the time like the diamond cutter yeah which Randy Orton has taken. Yeah. The diamond cutter, you could have a crowd like not make a sound the entire night. And then if you hit the that. diamond cutter, everyone would get on their feet and go fucking crazy and go home happy because that's all they wanted to see. And they were waiting to see it tonight and it, during this match. And there was a lot of slow moments, especially at the beginning. Oh uh, my God. Uh, but I will if, say this, though. But WCW was on to something, though, because this rivalry was real because Rodman played head up on Carl Malone during this uh, championship series. Like, they were both in the same position, and the reason the Jazz got slaughtered was because Rodman, somehow, being shorter and skinnier, was still just, like, the rebound king of the NBA. And 
he uh, and like they they just shut down the jazz again. So there was a lot of there was some you know real professional tension there. Uh, as far as the in ring stuff, you know, Carl Malone growing up a big fan of wrestling. I think he, he and you could see when during the yeah. match who who really got it. And I, I'd say this right now: Carl Malone could have had a second career as a wrestler. Oh, I agree. I agree. For real. Yeah, he should have yeah, did uh, it. And to piggyback on what you're, you're the beginning of your statement, I thought it was really weird that they started the match out. Carl Malone versus Dennis Rodman was the first like real interaction. I thought they would save that to the very end. You know, like it should have start, it should have started out DDP versus Hogan because that's something we've already seen before. This is supposed to be a special match. You should build for nothing and then heighten right. it and grow. You know, it should almost be an accident when they meet in the ring because if if you know the NWO side is the heel side, Hogan should have been protecting Rodman the entire time. And almost been the 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 wall. Um, yeah. And then somehow no, you know got into the position where he almost had to tag out, or maybe or maybe uh, Rodman because of his character got cocky and tagged himself in, thinking, oh, we got a weak character, uh, or like if DDP was hurt, like oh, I, I could finish him off. Let me let me get the glory. And then DDP happens to, t- to tag in Carmelone right at that second, and then we we get the we get what we really want to see. Like this is what the buildup is you know the real match is Carl Malone versus Rodman but we needed the other two guys in there because it's also a wrestling match and neither of these guys are wrestlers so I thought the mechanics and the psychology was a little wonky it know? was it, it definitely was um I kind of liked how they I kind of liked them putting the guys in at the very beginning though because you heard the crowd like go crazy because like this like they were like they were like holy shit they're gonna start them off this way but they should have not like Rodman shouldn't have touched Malone. They shouldn't have touched. He should have like circled around and then tagged out. Right. Yeah. You know? Just piss everybody off. Um, and they they got to it, but I think it was like you know it was a good seven to ten minutes when things. <laughs> oh my god! That beginning was ridiculous. <sighs> But they, and then they started having some high high moments, and it was like, okay, all right. Uh, but it just took too long getting there, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, because oh, honestly, by the time we get the first headlock, we're getting a chance of boring, and they're not wrong, you know? Right. Well, then there was this collision that happened early on where Ramen, like, I was like, is he selling? But I don't think he was. I think, well, no, I, but I'm just being a bark right now. I, I don't think he understood that how, like, unstable like the ring itself actually is and so everybody's like why don't you climb the ladder faster you ever climbed a ladder that's really high and you ever climbed a ladder that's on something shaky as shit like no you don't want to climb a ladder real fucking fast on something that moves uh (laughs) like the ring itself like moves and like you know he's like you're not in your nba shoes you're in these flat like slick slick sole boots i think threw him off some as well uh a gift from hogan a gift from hogan Mm -hmm. They had the terminal. <laughs> so I don't. Yeah, so they, Robin definitely had some. I think a couple of some difficulty, like keeping his traction. Um, and I don't know if he knew how physical some things would be at times. Like when somebody, I think Hogan laid a punch in for Malone and knocked Robin down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Then also there was a moment where. Uh, Carl Malone had Hogan in the corner and doing that, that, that grab the guy by the back of the head and slam him. 
and, mm-hmm. he, and he gets to the 10, so he stops, but Hogan does, like, two more without the yeah. – like, it, it was like yeah, – you're, you're, you're the expert here. You yeah, fucking yeah. up. Like, um, come on, man. There was, like, another moment when, like, uh, Hogan, like, like, back body drop, Carl Malone, and then he didn't move for a second, and all of a sudden, he, like, I'm probably, like, two seconds he didn't move, and then he started flopping, like, that, that two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. Like – that was just, it was, I mean, he's not a professional, but it was just, it was just very funny. It was just. That's his commitment it, it, it to just, selling. Yeah. Yeah. He has a good commitment selling, but it just, that, but that, it just, that part didn't help the, uh, fucking, like, the already weirdness of the match. Yeah. For real. It's like he, it's, it's like he, like, it's like he got, not, he got suplexed and he's on, he's on the ground for two seconds. He was like, like, oh shit, I got to react. And then he just. <laughs> He like fucking flops. Or I wonder what he was thinking know. about for those two minutes. Like, huh? Not, not bad, skip slam. All right. Oh, he's probably thinking about. <laughs> he's probably thinking about maybe I could actually be a wrestler. Yeah. Ooh, there's no Michael Jordan here. There's no Jordan here to stop me <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. I did I like, like. I did like how the crowd would go crazy anytime the basketball players did anything like remote, like a, a wrestling move. Uh, like when Rodman leapfrogged to DDP, yeah, yeah, like twice that shit. Like the crowd went fucking crazy. Yeah, and, he, yeah. and that was a hell of a leapfrog. Robin was way higher than he had to be for that shit. <laughs> like DDP yeah. duck. Well, yeah, he put an NBA player on a trampoline. It's gonna, it's gonna be a pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and all those, up. and all those scoop slams. Uh, Carmelo was doing, and that was a good. Yeah. Did like. That was a classic scoop slam, man. And yeah. the clothesline's yeah. good. Yeah, after like that hot tag over to the mailman, and he came in and he just, I loved it. Because he's so, they're all so tall. I mean, I know wrestlers are big. I get it. But like, he's 6'9". Hogan and Raman, I think, are 6'7". So DDP is like 6'5". They're just so tall. And like, I love them throwing each other around. I thought... Right. The, yeah. the moves that the basketball players were given to do, I liked it. How about the boot from Carl Malone? Like the oh, boot. that was dope. It was good, yeah. man. And WCW didn't mess up, like, the, the angle of, like, the shot. Like, they were notorious for having the cameras in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> and oh, man. They had, but they caught uh, that one perfect. Like, and, like, Hogan, they did a great job. Took it right on the chin. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the only shot I thought really got screwed up is when Carmelone does tag back in DDP and DDP gets the, the diamond cutter on Hogan. It wasn't set up where it looked like, oh, this is it. Oh, my God. Is this how we're ending it? Like, it was such a secondary, like, it was, like, down in the corner, so it didn't have, like, I don't know, the intensity. It wasn't the, 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 the straight-on ring shot where it's like, and here's your moment, you know? Mm-hmm. The same kind of shot you see when you look at uh, Hogan scooping up Andre. Like, you have to have it framed where it's in the middle. This is the most important segment of the entire match. It was kind of like an afterthought. Like, oh, he did it. Cool, you know? And then you have that kind of vibe. Yeah, I agree. It kind of got jammed up in the corner there toward at the end. Um, yeah. But, but the crowd let you know that that was like the moment, you know, as soon as that diamond cutter, okay. hit diamond cutter, the crowd went crazy. Robin comes running in and Malone, Malone's got a pretty nice diamond cutter himself. You know, he hit Robin and the crazy place went crazy. Like they were, they, they wanted to see Robin get that diamond cutted. Uh, 
And it would have been nice to uh, Carmelo, like, get a win off this, but, you know. <laughs> a damn disciple. Yeah. I mean, Carmelo. Yeah. The fucking disciple, yeah. Did I say, yeah, I would like to see Carmelo win this, but, yep. The fucking disciple who did, who, who, who sealed the fate of the match with uh, a less exciting move. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, net breaker is pretty cool, but like, was it a net? Yeah, the, a net it was breaker. A stone yeah. cold stunner. It was a stone cold stunner. Oh, he did it. It was a stunner. It wasn't a net breaker. It was a stunner. It was a stunner. DDP turned around and he he stone cold stunned him when the guy, like, yeah, he, like, it was not received well. Um, I don't think he'd ever well, done that before. So why debuting it then, like that seemed appropriate, was fucking stupid. It was stupid, and it, it was like, and it, and it, of course it was performed bad because I didn't even realize it was a stunner. I just thought he just did some bullshit in that breaker. That was not a Stone Cold stunner. Stone Cold, you know a Stone Cold stunner when you see one. You gotta get that kick to the mid section. Yeah, you gonna you know you gonna grab your neck and you gonna thrust it down. You know what I'm saying? You know a Stone Cold stunner. <laughs> that seemed like a that just seemed like a lazy ass. Like modified net breaker or some shit. I mean, a uh, jawbreaker or some shit. Or whatever. Yeah, but it was not great. Um, but because of that, uh, Hogan and Rodman get the win, even though they're laid out. Carmelo uh, <laughs> comes yeah. back in the ring and delivers. The mailman delivers another diamond cutter to the disciple, aka Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and. Then, once he finds out that DDP was pinned and they did not win the match, he diamond cuts the referee, is possibly the best diamond cutter of the night. Like, he dropped Charles Robinson and like Tony Schiavone. I love Tony Schiavone. Good. I don't, I don't know if the WCW sanctions will extend to the NBA players, but that's a big no no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there were so many mistakes. Uh, the the instead of tagging people in, Hogan just switches Robin, and and Bobby's like, "Well, oh, they're they're not tagging. I guess they're just gonna switch now." Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they're watching this match at this point. It's like, um, like why why take this serious at this point? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't give a fuck either. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, I remember this match. I I remember seeing this match much later in life. Like I didn't I didn't order like my parents wouldn't order this pay per view. Like my um, my dad wouldn't or, my dad I asked my dad to order this on pay per view when it came when it came out and he wouldn't do it because he told me he was gonna be like like he's going this like this is gonna be stupid. It's gonna he's gonna be stupid. Like he didn't <laughs> he just knew like it's gonna be fucking stupid. And then I saw it probably like when I was like older. Like I was like. Like like senior in high school, I saw it and it's like, yeah, this was pretty fucking stupid. It was trash. I, pretty I, bad. I didn't buy the pay per view. The, the the having the NBA players in there didn't like really drive me to buy this pay per view at all. And Goldberg was the champion, which didn't really drive mm. me to buy pay per view at all. Oh yeah, and um, they said that Hogan just lost the title to Goldberg. Yeah. Prior to this match. Yeah, like I that, saw some that, Goldberg that signs. Um, some some Goldberg signs in the thing, and I I didn't know where we were. So uh, I believe a yeah. week before, maybe possibly two weeks before, uh, Goldberg had just won the title for in, on a Monday Nitro. 
in Georgia. Okay. Um, so he defended the title against Kurt Henning because at the time when he won the belt from Hogan, he was also the U.S. champ. And a title and a U.S. title match was already scheduled between him and Kurt Henning. So Kurt Henning got the title match. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was the downward spiral of WCW. Booker T also fought Bret Hart for the TV title, which was actually a really good match. Um, there was a uh, Dean Malenko versus or uh, Rey Mysterio versus Chris Jericho, which was fantastic. Um, uh. There were some good things on the on the on the pay per view, which I actually did sit around. I had I took the day off uh, this week. And I needed some mental health time. So I watched WCW to feel better about myself. And (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. (laughs) And I watched the whole pay-per-view. And there were some good moments. uh, But yeah, this match, it had it had some highlights, and they definitely gave the crowd some of what they wanted, but they could have done it in a better way. Uh, I think that's my final thoughts on it. But what about uh, you guys? What favorite moments, final thoughts, anything? Oh, uh, man, this, the majority, the majority of the whole moment, the, this whole match is a moment, and it was pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to give it. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm just going to give it a, uh, like a, I'm, I'm trying. I don't know. I'm trying to rate it. I never rated rated shit before, but yeah, it was pretty bad. That's it. It's just bad. I'm gonna say that um, I appreciate the polish from Carl Malone and Diamond Dallas Page because I feel like they were trying at least. It seemed, whereas I felt like Raman and Hogan were like, whatever. And Hogan seems so oblivious. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I wasn't impressed by them, but I liked Carl Malone and. I didn't know who he was until today, so I learned about him. <laughs> yeah, the mailman. Yeah, I was a big fan of I enjoyed his uh I think that was his wife screaming at him and during the match too. Yeah. I enjoyed that too. Cute. So yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't consider this a must see. Uh I think it was I think I think this match lives in the moment when it was aired. And I, I remember actually getting this with my friends and not loving the match, but loving the story or loving the buildup. Um, kind of disappointing in the ending, and but a lot that happens a lot in storytelling. Uh, as far like again, as far as like celebrity wrestlers, like yeah, Carmen Malone brought it. I, honestly, I think Rodman tried to bring it, wasn't sure about his choices. Kind of like watching a, a a newer improviser like. Good scene, but you know you you didn't weren't confident in the, in the choices you were making per se. And I think like as far as playing the character, he was confident. I don't think he was confident in the wrestling. Almost, uh, there, there, yeah. I can see it. Uh, I don't know. I I because oh, the way he was taking his bumps and actually playing in the game, especially in the beginning, like avoiding. I think he was doing his best. Yeah, Hogan could have kicked it up a notch or a thousand. Um, and we don't need Brutus in anything. Uh, huh. yeah. <laughs> he used to be my guy. I don't know. Uh, keep Brutus in the '80s. That's my T-shirt. I was gonna say I liked him with Greg Valentine. Yeah, you know, back in the day, was this post parasailing accident? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Kale had brought that to my attention because he was like, "Wait, who is that?" And then he was like, "Oh shoot, I didn't recognize him. Maybe it was because of it, there was that parasailing accident." 
Yeah. I didn't realize I didn't realize that was Brutus the Beefcake. Disciple was Brutus the Beefcake. It was the beard that threw me off. It took me it took me a little bit to get it too. When I was uh, even when I, that's back when I was watching it live, I was like, wait a second. And I think at some point in time, like the glasses got knocked off of him, and I was like, oh, that's fucking Brutus Beefcake. But uh, also. <laughs> Not the best Brutus the Beefcake story, if I can segue just one moment. Oh, please. Yes. He caused an anthrax scare on a bus on a Boston bus stop because he left a huge bag of cocaine. Right? Like, That's responsible for two reasons. <laughs> he, yeah. He entered treatment the next day. <laughs> uh, fucking idiot. Escape rehab. I don't need to. I don't need to be punished by justice. I'm going to rehab. I have a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. No. I I got I got nothing else to add, guys. But Jake, I kudos to you for this choice because I enjoyed going back yeah. and look at this. Uh, for the, for better or worse, it entertained me for a good day, and I I felt a lot better afterwards. <laughs> and Carl, oh yeah, it's it's that it's definitely entertaining. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna laugh at the shit a lot. So yeah, definitely. And I challenge Carl oh, yeah. or Dennis Rodman to come back and take the 24-7 title from Ron fucking Drakowski, goddamn cheating Patriots. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, man. Dennis Rodman deserves to be 24-7 champion. He should always be 24-7 champion. He should be 24 in his fucking hair and all his 37 piercings. Ron Drakowski's ass. That's what I say. And on that note, my name is Alex. Hey, I'm Bob. Jake. I'm Tess, and thank you so much for having me back. Always a pleasure. Always welcome. Yeah. Always welcome. Always welcome. It's so much fun. And until All next right. time, guys, in quarantine, we are quarantina. We are going for the leg. Hold up now before you go. We here at the WrestleManiacs podcast want to thank you for listening. We want you to know that this is a podcast by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your stories, your comments, your questions so we can make this podcast as good as possible. Now, in order to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Facebook at WrestleManiacs Podcast on Facebook, or you can email us at WrestleManiacsPod at gmail.com or on Instagram at WrestleManiacsPod. Thank you for tuning in, and we want to also thank Gabber Media. You can check out all their other great shows, or however you get your podcast, or at GabberMedia.com. See you guys next time.